0: it just becomes fucking a little tiresome i still kind of dig the movie i I, let me let me rephrase i dig it like a large chunk of it right I, i like the adventure i like all that shit but once garland gets on his kind of not high horse but this motherfucker like tries to go artsy fartsy and he is really just you know, trying to hit it out the park. He's like that that dude in softball <laughs> that thinks he can hit a home run every single time and <laughs> swings super hard and just misses the ball completely. Like he, he struck out at softball kind of mm. guy. <laughs> He's that dude.
1: Not good. Uh, That's not good. No,
0: not dude. So I'm kind of mixed on the movie. There's a lot of things I like and a lot of things I really hate. So uh fuck it's February, man. This is all we get.
1: The words run out by singer-songwriter Josh Nolan off his album Fair City Lights, which you can purchase off iTunes and find a link in our show notes. And the voice you heard before that was Hyro of the True Romance Film Podcast, who might be joining me this week because he's the one man with the courage to speak out against annihilation in this great community known as film twitter and film podcasters. And what we're gonna get into is the strange defense of sci-fi. As a genre, does sci-fi need to be defended so thoroughly by the film community? And if you stick around until the end of the episode, hell, it may be us that needs to be defended. So, I'm Michael Devston of Sober Cinema, and welcome to Mark S. Played, the movie podcast about movie podcasts and the discussions that come from them. Can you describe its form? No. Start from the beginning. What do you think I do when you're away? You think I'm out in the garden, pining, looking up at the sky? Why aren't you here? I gotta leave a day early. husband's here. Let me see him. He's extremely ill. You have to tell me where he was, what he was doing. It was his decision to go in. It's something they termed the shimmer. We've sent in drones and teams of people, but nothing comes back. But something has. You're a biologist. You served in the military. If I knew what happened could save his life the is getting bigger it's expanding we're talking cities states you need to know what's inside so do i it's beautiful check this out it's like they're stuck in a continuous mutation anything interesting in there no sharks have teeth like that not possible. You can't cross between different species. What is it? The soldiers on the last expedition. They went crazy. Or
0: something in here killed them. Something's come through the fence. Through the fence?
1: We have to go back. I can't go back. We can camp here tonight. Destroying everything. It's not destroying. It's making
0: something new.
1: All right. Uh, so, uh, welcome back to uh, Mark S. Played. And if I have my timeline correct, I believe I just now, uh, if you're an avid listener, talked about Netflix and their Paramount pickup of the Cloverfield Paradox with jason michael of atlantic screen connection and in that discussion uh i actually was positive uh, about netflix which is a rare occurrence saying like well okay uh this brings us to annihilation which is what we're going to talk about today and that uh questioning voice uh contemptuous a little bit uh, i felt is a hyro of uh, the true bromance film podcast joining me michael denniston uh to talk about annihilation and so unlike cloverfield Paramount picked up partial rights, I guess, internationally has uh, the rights to annihilation. So it will not be getting a theatrical release, but it did get one here in the States and it set the world on fire. If you uh, check film Twitter, everyone and their mother went to see annihilation. But before uh, we get into that, what I said on that previous episode was, hey, Netflix entered into this agreement because Paramount was unhappy with the ending of the film. Didn't feel that it was that commercial. And so to keep Garland's vision um, on screen or on your, I guess, iPhone device, Netflix said we'll buy it as is, and they backed it. So that's the reason us Americans got to see his final cut, his true vision of Annihilation. So I guess there was a good guy here, right, if you're a fan of Alex Garland?
0: So I read about something about this. I thought that he had a different version uh, before, and now this is the studio's cut. No, that's not the case? That's what happened here?
1: I I I read that he had an alternate ending, but it was still his choice on going with this one. That there was an alternate version. I don't know if it was any more commercial than this, but uh, yeah, he'd had a uh, much like uh, I think Ex Machina I was reading about as well had a uh, they called it the the Caleb ending if I have my names right, okay. whatever uh, the gender was, um, where uh, and I guess. Spoilers for Ex Machina, if you're listening to a movie podcast, hopefully you've, you've seen that. But uh, it did not cut – it did not change perspective to where you got Ava's uh, viewpoint at the very end as far as the outside world. You just stayed with Caleb in the bunker. So I don't know. Maybe he's just a guy that is uh, a bit finicky on his endings, a bit indecisive.
0: See, I would have liked the just leave it with the ginger guy and not have this whole wandering around and stuff. Like that. That would have been perfect because all of that is implied. You know the rest of it is just implied. it's very much unnecessary oh I think that's the that's the better ending.
1: I would say that uh there's an implication we won't spoil it for annihilation as well as far as the the, the ending so did, were you satisfied with this so, you know first off let's let's throw our hat in our ring as far as which side are we coming out of here uh did Netflix uh, do Riders? This is yet another uh, cursed Netflix property as far as their feature films that didn't live up to all the hype.
0: See, I don't know if I would call it a curse of Netflix because the way we talked about this offline is, if you're dumpster diving, if you're like just picking up the scraps and moving it for a business decision, is it really like bad luck? Like it's 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 a known thing that the movie's not going to be good, right? Because it, it, it you know it tested negatively etc etc so we know that it's going to be garbage going into it but for some reason uh garbage works on netflix is that is that the the theme i mean just to bring up stranger things again (laughs) you can put stuff on there and people are going to watch it
1: i I, yeah i guess it's just a volume business for them but i do feel like they're taking steps to get into the good graces of uh, certain filmmakers uh you saw uh, Mute, which I didn't watch, the Duncan Jones nope. joint. Um Okay, but well, I I figured it's a you know the world's biggest oh, Warcraft boy. fan. Oh boy, we go. <laughs> it just it,
0: it's it's like in your contract to bring up Warcraft or or uh,
1: King Arthur or something or other, you know. I I think it's relevant to the discussion that um, you know that's that's something that I would have been more favorable to seeing, and I think even a month ago I was talking with Maynard my co-host on uh, projecting film about like hey man you know this you know Duncan Jones thing if it's ain't good that'd be a cool one to to talk about like i i love moon so let's you know that, let's see him return back to his roots and then that got trashed and so i do feel like there is this developing reputation with Netflix that as you said the dumpster diving that eventually may have to come to a stop like <laughs> maybe the studio way is correct maybe having some I don't know. Say,
0: I don't know because i think that people still love film people still like you know watching movies and stuff like that i I think that people don't want to make the effort to get up and drive the car get dressed brush your teeth comb their hair and go to the movies um that takes a a little bit of effort these days um in our society and it's just easy just to click something on i mean my wife will spend the day watching the lifetime channel or the hallmark channel and everybody knows that all this stuff is it's like the cast of you know the golden girl special And she eats that stuff up because it's easy. She just puts it on and goes. And I think that same phenomenon is applying to Netflix's garbage. So why would, why not go a little dumpster diving? You get a couple good stars. You get a uh, reasonably well known name with Alex Garland. Um, Natalie Portman, Oscar Isaac is in there. And voila. I mean, you, uh, it, that, it makes it easier. Oh, I like Natalie Portman. Click the button. It's not like I like Natalie Portman. Let me put on my good pants and my good shoes and get driving the car and pay twelve dollars for popcorn. It's just an easier thing. So, with the ease of just pushing the button,
1: garbage works. Well, uh, I, I don't know if you're defending uh, Annihilation or not because you know before the uh, the weekend came out, there was a lot of uh, I, I guess uh, despair. Uh, maybe too strong a word, but I, I don't know for cinephiles, maybe not that if they were not in the States, they were not going to get to see this on the big screen. Um, and now uh, after the movie has come out and I guess didn't not do that well, 11 million opening weekend, which is a bit under projection uh, on a 40 million dollar production budget. Uh, there's despair that this type of sci fi can't find an audience um as you said maybe your theory of putting on the good pants to see good sci-fi just doesn't apply uh, and it's something we saw last fall with uh people very hurt the blade runner uh the sequel to a cinephiles cult classic uh did not attract a major audience it was a huge loss for warner brothers the studio so uh you know what do you think the answer is here as far as for this type of properties this type of uh, I don't want to say original because this is an adaptation of a book, but I guess original ideas, uh, not uh, superheroes, not capes and tights, this type of fantasy or sci-fi.
0: Well, just to address the, the pants thing with Blade Runner, there you're asking them to put on the good pants and the good shoes and sit through about two hours and 40 minutes of a movie. You're asking you asking have a-
1: stretchy pants.
0: <laughs> I, every <laughs> pant I own is a stretchy pant <laughs>
1: <That's one laughs> in my life. <laughs> every single pair
0: is stretchy pants. I even got the pants that have like the elastic waistband. You know, like adjustable, mm-hmm. you know, that's,
1: that's, those are aid. the Blade Runner pants for sure. Yeah. yeah so you have to have those for Blade Runner because you're going
0: to be there for a while. So, but, um, I don't know what the answer is. I think that, I mean, just to look at Annihilation, Annihilation is a, is a little bit of a headier film towards the back end, I would say. I, I don't think it's that heady. You know, I don't think it's that, um, difficult to understand. I think that, um, it just wants to give it give the message to you or give the story to you in a little bit more of an abstract way um than than casual moviegoers are used to and i think that um confusing abstract storytelling with um quality is is the folly i think there right so i think that um and particularly for the mass audience so i mean i guess this brings me to my my interjection here with my my contribution for the show this week of my podcast is I listen to a podcast called the film find and the gentleman we're talking about under the skin and I'm not I'm not one of those guys like hey you know like I like sci-fi movies yeah and I didn't I don't know it was um it was all atmosphere pushing the movie and I didn't I don't know I didn't I, I liked it but I, I don't know I didn't love it I, I can completely understand where you're coming from. It is like, this is one of these movies that like, I, I don't know that any of us will be able to truly understand our own thoughts on it until much later, until something comes down the line where we can understand what the hell is going on or yeah. we've been able to see it another time or anything like that. Because I, I it, it's tough to review this right off the bat because we just saw it like about an hour or so ago. And really to
1: kind of, put yourself in that headspace of like yeah I understand everything that's kind of going on here it's like N- there's no fucking way that that's possible <laughs> yeah no I, I agree
0: here these guys I actually I thought there was a breath of fresh air because they were genuinely honest it's like hey I kind of like the movie I like sort of the the way it made me feel but I really don't get it I he, at least genuinely honest to say I don't get it and that's fine I think that film could be appreciated in many different ways and to be honest and say that you don't get it is cool, you know? I mean, but I think that we live in a world or we kind of operate in a sort of discussion where um, you didn't get it is the de facto answer, particularly when it comes to sci-fi or sci-fi like this, like Under the Skin or like a um, 2001 A Space Odyssey falls into that same sort of mold where they're trying to bring some sort of theme or message or... Or convey a feeling through abstract storytelling, and um, the de facto answer is you're just not smart enough, or you didn't get it. And I kind of bristle to that. You know, I don't, I don't want that to be the the de facto example, man. If the guy just didn't get it, but he still dug it, cool.
1: Well, I, I think the problem here is that um, how do you how do you market this type of sci fi film, which uh, I would think the studio, I, and I I don't know, I've not read, but I would assume their interference was to inject more of the horror elements into this. So they'd have more monsters to put in the trailer. They'd have more bullets flying, more action. There's some action, some crazy alligators or whatnot. It, it's not really, a, it's to the film's credit, I guess. It's not filmed in the way you would expect, like this type of like uh, go into the sci-fi jungle and you don't know what you're going to come across. Uh, and then when you do reveal some monsters, uh, you know, they don't extend the fights any more than I guess they should, really. Um, they don't really give you as many trailer moments as you expect when you get to these. I don't want to call them set pieces because they're, they're really not. It's basically an alligator <laughs> kind of coming up on land and making a straight waddle for Natalie Portman. And then what's well, done is a, done. There's like a
0: bear thing and there's a wolf thing or, you know, there's other action moments.
1: But I, I don't think, obviously, that's where Garland's head was at. I don't think that's what he was. He was not uh really into the idea of doing like action sci-fi, you know, something like the matrix has a lot of ideas it throws at you, but if you have no interest in that stuff, it can still just work as a dumb action movie. Like you can just wait yep. for count Reeves to learn Kung Fu and then go to the, the weapons room and you can just watch the action scenes and turn your brain off. I, uh, I don't know if you can do that here. Although it did at times make me feel like, I turned my brain off because I was such a passive participant for the, for the slog through the swamp that uh, I kind of had to smack myself in the face and be like, okay, what – did I miss something here? N- so no. the guy just...
0: that, that really perked up at the last 20 minutes. You're the, you're the anti-Nasty uh, Hellcat. Is that what you are?
1: I mean I saw this with uh, my co-host from Sober Cinema, and uh, I would say I was probably right in line. With with them, like our, our discussion when we we're walking away from the theater was not only uh, do not do I not get it, but I don't really care either. Like uh, I was with the movie to a certain point and then I totally checked out. And I think my issue with it, like I mentioned something like the Matrix, like they bend over backwards. And if you've seen the film once, maybe that's stuff you fast forward through to sort of explain the rules, explain the setting or something like Terminator, which has a lot of ideas as well, uh, since they lean into the action part of their genre more uh they explain the rules and these boundaries and they try not to break them now later on in the uh terminator series that went out the window the genesis like is the complete
0: uh, like yeah, yeah. the Gen- the Terminator the genesis is like when my kids mix the colors of the play-doh
1: together and i get pissed off that's that's probably about the best uh way to approach that film if you want to have any sort of enjoyment with it, Just uh, it but annihilation for me was you constantly have the character saying, like, none of the rules matter here or apply here. And so when you get into the motivations of what they're dealing with, it may be more honest uh, sci-fi to have them say, I don't know. Or we don't really know what this other being is after. But that's also not something that I can race out of the theater and be like, dude, you got to go check this movie out. What's it about? Well, the characters don't really know uh, what do they encounter. They don't really know. Okay, so what does this alien being want? They don't really figure that out either. What? Oh yeah,
0: I know. When you put it that way, yeah. I mean, you've got a point that it just doesn't. It, it, there's no resolution really. There's not not even a resolution, but there's no concise message. You know, there's just. How do you pitch mm- this?
1: Yeah. So you sell this to the layman to go check out a movie uh, this weekend. So, okay.
0: So here, here's, a, here's a good one. I have a friend at work who I convinced to get a movie pass. I mean, I was like, hey, man, that's a good <laughs> deal. He, I mean, he goes to the movies pretty regularly, anyways, uh-huh. with his wife and kids. And I was like, you should just get the movie pass. It's like seven bucks a month and blah, blah, blah. Anyways. And he asked me, he was like hyped up about Annihilation. And I told him my honest thoughts about it. And he was like, oh, man, I'm not going to see that. So he went and saw game night instead. Um, Uh, which we discussed for War Machine vs. War Horse last night. Better choice. Better choice.
1: Uh,
0: I don't, I know, honestly, I told him he should, because he's a movie pass holder, he should go see it. And he should go see it just to kind of experience the wonkiness so I can have that discussion for him. So that's how Mm -hmm. I pitched it to him. I was like, just prepare yourself for gobbledygook, you know, and, 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 like, um, a guy who is trying to be abstract, but almost falling into a comical zone at the very end of the movie, and you having to walk out of that theater, <laughs> scratching your head, and like um, sort of juggling between laughing
1: and and being angry. I think, uh, the sales pitch. The, you know, not to, to patch it on the back too much here, uh, or blow smoke, but... Uh, I, I liked your very concise, almost letterbox style, uh, put it on the poster quote for Annihilation, uh, which was Alex Garland, this visual of him being the guy, uh, playing in like a beer league, like softball and thinking he's <laughs> like, you <laughs> know, Barry Bonds. He's just going to crank it out every time. Yeah. Uh, and these swings that he takes, um, I, I was telling one of our, our friends, I mentioned Jason Michael, who I did the uh, Cloverfield Paradox episode. He, he sent me a text like, Hey, do you like it? Cause, you know, um, I've, I've heard a lot of good things about this. And I said, no. And he's like, really? You're the only one that, uh, has had something negative to say about this. And which is, was amusing to me because the only people I've talked to in real life about this movie was like, fuck that piece of shit. <laughs> I wouldn't go so far <laughs> as
0: to fuck that piece of shit, but I'm
1: not exactly over the moon by it. Um, but you know, I, I also think that in the rush to defend these big swings, which you can admire, like something like, uh, Aronofsky's mother, which I hated, but a lot of people liked. Uh, it's a wild swing. It's certainly something that's in your face and aggressive, an assault on the senses of, uh, especially for a wide release. That's that's admirable. But if you don't connect, you're like I I, I do want to hear the reviews. Uh, I guess like what you're saying with your podcast, Under Skin. Like, uh, yeah, that was kind of a cool experience. But I don't know what the fuck that was or what yeah. it was about. Yeah. I don't I don't really hear a lot of that. What I'm seeing with Annihilation and a lot of reviews of. I can't believe this failed, but they're not telling me why they can't believe it failed. In fact, I would think even if you're a fan of this, you'd be like, "Oh yeah, I can't believe he got forty million for that. Like, good for him." But, Basically, a that's, highway robbery.
0: But that's what pisses me is is genuinely pissing me off uh, with the discussion and and the nasty Hellcat and I have been going back and forth with like screenshots of reviews on Twitter or reviews on on sites where the review is this is such a great deep discussion. But the uh, the general movie on is is going to is going to be too smart for them, and it's extremely condescending to say that I got it, you didn't. Therefore, you're wrong. And I think that that's just such a garbage answer to me. Well,
1: it can it, sometimes it's not it's a garbage possible. answer. No, sometimes uh, it's possible. If, if you if you make your case, and I'll be like, oh, I didn't really consider it that way. That's interesting. Like there can be certainly interesting writing uh, out of film that I didn't enjoy, but I'll be I'll read the review and I'm like, that was really cool. That was really cool. Like, I still didn't enjoy my time with that, but they had they took that a totally different track. Now, I think, unfortunately, with the sort of think pieces we see, especially a lot of the smaller, like sort of film blogs, they sort of bend over backwards to take this. I don't know, like they take uh, Just My Luck starring Lindsay Lohan and then try to break it down to you. That's like really about the American Revolution or something. It's like, all right. (laughs) like wow. sometimes there's enough a, is enough Hey, <laughs> don't you know you do have don't a point. steal my pitch anyone who's listening there i just totally made that up but i may want to write that and see if uh you know IndieWire wire someone wants to pick it up
0: armin white is right on your doorstep
1: no i i do have a, do have a
0: point though like because prometheus going back to sci-fi is a movie that i walked out of the theater the first time seeing it kind of eh, i was like what just happened here this is kind of goofy but then I had like a, I had discussions with it with friends and read some articles and uh, of people that I, I I enjoy reading and there were sort of discussions about how things were you know framed and et cetera et cetera And that film that did change my opinion of it and my second and third viewings of it were much better of it were so, uh, much um, better experiences so yeah I guess you know it does have a point but I think that there's a fine line there where you're condescending off and you're actually <laughs> trying to you know, help somebody understand a film, or or explain that the film is headier than than um, maybe that surface level viewing.
1: Well, the other thing I mentioned the sort of, the idea that fans of Annihilation should be proud that Alex Garland, much like uh, Villeneuve, I think I'm saying that right. If not, you can correct me. You're yeah. the one that you're you're the international man of mystery here. I, I, I listened Villeneuve? to Villeneuve. Yeah, I listened to part of your Annihilation podcast, and you were all over the place with the, the, the French and the Spanish, so I was, I was very impressed.
0: I watched another movie, uh, because the nasty Hellcat told me to, and that's the Red Always. Turtle. Um, so this eternal? is... Uh, the Red Turtle?
1: Oh, I thought you said Eternal. I was like, what the no, fuck sir. is Eternal? No, red sir, Turtle. Okay.
0: Otherwise known as La Torte Rouge. Uh, very nice. Thank you, sir. A rojo turtle, <laughs> as you would say? <laughs> It'd be actually Tortuga Roja.
1: Ah, well, thank you thank you thank you you're for the, the correction you know, I, I, I go it. in every language i'll go in german right now i'm practicing uh- <laughs> um, there was one name though that you got to and <laughs> like you were like batting a thousand and you got to it and it was like it felt like oh he's gonna connect on this one and then you're like fuck it i don't know how to say this guy's name i'm like <laughs> so, i don't know if you just toss that one off you don't want to be too perfect but uh Yeah, fans of this, if you're, if you like it, then just be happy he got to make it. Same with like Blade Runner, um, or maybe even Prometheus, which was, uh, not a huge success, but far more successful than what Blade Runner or Annihilation is going to be from a box office point of view. And on the other, the flip side of that, if you enjoy it, like you said, don't be a jackass, like, and feel that only you can get something out of this or glean something out of this. Only you have the key to, like, that there should be some sort of pride in that you enjoy it. Like you mentioned, Prometheus sort of maybe it sort of opened up the experience a little bit for you. I actually really dug it. I was the only one with a group of people, including the nasty Hellcat, and they all thought it was the dumbest piece of shit. Like they they were laughing at it, and I'm watching it sort of quietly. Like I don't know, I kind of I kind of dig this. Like they're all like laughing at it and throwing tomatoes at the screen, and uh, then I. I watched uh what was it red letter media had that sort of infamous video about it like they did the the phantom menace one they did one from prometheus it's also very funny uh that's just really really like taking it down and i laughed and all their points are accurate but i still enjoyed the movie like it still doesn't diminish the experience i had with it I, I think some people are afraid of being caught with their pants down with stuff that they like that they don't want to be the outcast the uncool kid that they waver too quickly or they question themselves and even if someone makes valid points, I can still enjoy Prometheus. Yeah, a lot of this shit in there that happens, stupid. Why does the guy stick his face right like in there against the snake? I don't know, but it's fun. And, and it's again, a fun movie. And, and,
0: and Ridley Scott doubles down with uh, Alien Covenant, where uh, where the dude is uh, like literally shoving his head down the pod. You know, he, he's like doubles down on the stupidity of the people in the film. You know, I mean, I, well, he, I like to uh,
1: make it part of the, uh, the, the, world building that people are that stupid in this yeah. world.
0: So. <laughs> I like where your head is at though. You know, you like what you like and you know, be proud of what you like. And you know, if you want to wear your Warcraft t-shirt or your uh-huh. King Arthur,
1: beat me to it. I was, I was being polite not interrupting, but I was like, I've got it. I've got Warcraft. I, know.
0: I you know, I'm, it's preemptive strike. <laughs> I, I'm going to own it before you throw it at me. Like I like, before, uh, you know, NWO comes at me, but with a steel chair, you know, uh.
1: So let me, let me uh, have you sort of uh, project out. Um, and of course, we're, we're discussing this like not even a week into Annihilation being into uh, existence here for general audiences. But what do you think it'll stand like years down the road? Like, do you do you feel like it will gain an estimation? Do you feel like these people will need to defend it as much or are they going to find a new passion? Is this is? Is the reaction genuine as far as their love of it, or is it just because they feel like this sort of poor little sci-fi movie is being picked on that they have to like, you know, shine it up a little bit, show some love? Oh God, yeah, you know
0: this is gonna be. I I think it'll it'll you know marinate well, and then it'll we'll see it on the end of the year lists. We'll definitely see it there.
1: Really?
0: Oh, I yeah. About that. Under the phrase, and I guarantee you, the phrase will. Well, here's one that I like more than most. Here's one. <laughs> <laughs> that phrase will come out or, you know, <laughs> here's one that I want to champion or I like it more than most and most people hated it and I'm on an island and all this crap. Guarantee it. It'll be on the top ten lists and you won't hear about it ever. But then it'll pop up on those, you know, when somebody does like a question, you know, top five underrated movies, go. Um, you know, first time watchers will probably do some fucking poll and shit where everybody's responding.
1: Hmm. Never heard of them.
0: No, I mean they just—they're just, they're like the kings of the
1: polls, you know, the internet <laughs> polls. Nobody listens to
0: the show, but everybody votes on the polls. I see.
1: You, you have to download a Twitter client, like I have, that uh, doesn't show. Doesn't Twitter doesn't allow them to use the the polls, like the API? So I don't see uh, group chats, group DMs on Twitter or polls, and it's glorious. I wish they would take away more from my Twitter client, honestly. Really? Yep.
0: Oh, we have to talk offline about this. I need. Yep. I may
1: need to get that software. Does this is a a, This show has been sponsored by Tweetbot. <laughs> this
0: is my apple choice. Yeah, but uh, it it'll be a tuggly head, and it'll be the answer to that question. I love this because no one else didn't, but it's fine. I mean, if you did, you did cool, man. I, I appreciate that, but uh, let's not uh, let's not uh, piss on everybody's uh, meatloaf just because you you know they didn't like it what you like. So that's kind of uh, it's
1: just a very frustrating thing for me, I guess. I think I wonder how different. Like the, I guess it wouldn't be a community more of uh, something like Film Twitter would be if you, if you're like myself and you didn't check it that much, if you rarely were sort of tapped into if this was something that people really liked or not in general. Uh, I, I did a recording uh, a couple months ago for Molly's Game. And as we were doing it, uh, my, my guest on that show was like, Yeah, it just really sucks that, you know, this thing bombed opening weekend. Nobody wants to see this and until that moment and this was like on a wednesday so it's like i should have known at that point what it did cuz everybody knows like friday afternoon if something's going to be a hit or not yeah and until he said it that re- i thought we were talking about like the thing that was on everybody's minds i was like oh this is the big aaron sorkin hit jessica chastain there's nothing out nothing else you came think out that? this weekend like what led
0: you to believe this
1: I, well i felt like uh, you know i guess i wasn't that impressed with the christmas offerings and it was like you know first weekend in january it was like all right this is the only like brand new wide release like here so it's like yeah this was she's a movie star and uh it, it to me it looked populist until she, he uh I, you know that's a good question i I don't know what is considered a for guys movie star like us she is that that's true um one thing. But i mean she you know she's on snl you know she's enough to host that show so people have to be like oh i like to see her on television i like to see her do sketches like I don't know Nanjiani
0: hosted like, SNL, and nobody's going out
1: to see Kumail Nanjiani
0: movies because I can't of Kumail Nanjiani. Saying such things. Big Sick was a nice modest little hit it's a it's a hit because it's a hit because it's a hit movie it's a good movie it's not a hit because he's in it <laughs> i
1: like that you're stripping away all of his <laughs> his input to his own personal story <laughs> that he helped write you know you start. put him in,
0: in top gun 2 people are not going for kamel Nanjiani. people
1: are going okay, that goes back to my molly's game thing where i thought like all right this is jessica chastain not doing some period piece drama oscar bait this is her doing a damn poker movie where she's rocking the cleavage it is like this looks sexy and fun So it's just, you know, it just, it does change things because suddenly I had to check myself in that conversation like, am I being too defensive about this? Because now I know this thing tanked. Like, am I trying to to now, like, prop it, you know, prop this up as far as as something that people should have seen? Whereas maybe if I had not known that, I would have come in and been like, well, everybody's seen this. And, you know, it's pretty good for like a mainstream film. I think it does skew things on how you approach. Film. If you're looking at it like a a sporting team, if you're looking at it like I got to root for the the home crowd here, so we get more sci-fi films down the line. That or basically you are just out of touch that week, or you know you just. I mean, I'm out of touch all the time, sir. Like. <laughs> oh no, I, you and I text pretty regularly,
0: and uh, I think that you and I are, of of who's the most out of touch. I think it's me. Um,
1: you. Well, I mean, I you know it's not much competition here as far yeah. as our engagement with the film Twitter community, and here we are. <laughs> Posting a show about such topics with Mark plane.
0: I got my weekly tag everybody tweet and then a couple of buffer tweets. Mm-hmm. And then every now and then I'll retweet uh, from my mates on following film and, and, and the sort. But that's about That's about my, my, the extent of my engagement. Like, you know, every now and then you find some funny shit on, on Twitter. But uh, let me see it's this.
1: Probably... Go ahead.
0: But what is it about sci fi that lends itself to this? this defensive sort of um, stance from from lovers of sci-fi right i mean we don't see um, you know this defensive stance when it comes to you know 19th century british dramas you know where was the uh, uh joy and friendship uh defensive uh, stance
1: is that that terrible movie you made me watch them i think i did fall asleep for part <laughs> of it because I,
0: I don't think i got the name right i think it was like friendship i don't think and you joy. did either
1: I don't know. It was it was Came it was nothing. I was Yeah, I was I was not going to defend that. Uh, although there were defenders for it. Uh, I did see on, on did Twitter like that it. week.
0: I liked it. I mean, you, I think we actually Friends. got a little bit of a a little bit of a, a discussion. Uh I'm oh, sorry, I was looking it up <laughs> no, Love and Friendship. No. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I,
0: the whole point just went out the
1: window. <laughs> It was something you enjoyed so much. It really just stuck in the brain. <laughs>
0: oh, jeez. Okay, I have a look. I have a hard time remembering my wife's birthday too. So it's whatever, you know.
1: I heard you had to cancel a, a recording because it was uh, anniversary time that you needed schedule some some podcast. Talk. Yeah, yeah. Take a
0: listen for me, Mike. It was a ten year anniversary on top of that. It was like a milestone. Um, uh. I, well. But the question remains, what is it about sci-fi? Sci-fi? Yeah, uh, what is it about sci-fi? Like why is it the nature of its sort of um sorry. subtext that comes with sci-fi that that people want to like grab onto it?
1: I I feel like in my my interpretation, which as you you've already put out there, I'm very out of touch, but uh, it seems to be there's a divide as far as, you know, I, I mentioned earlier something like The Matrix or Terminator, which maybe co-ops sci-fi ideas and gives you a lot of explosions and a lot of fighting, a lot of cool shit. Uh, and so when something comes along, like a Blade Runner 2049 or Annihilation, which is a little bit um, uh, slower paced, some would say glacially paced, um, that this is like a full course meal that uh, is to some degree good for you or this is what true sci-fi is it, it feels a little elitist at times like yeah yep. you've not been watching actual sci-fi and so now there's a rare uh rare film that is considered true sci-fi and you let it just slip through your fingers uh and that's no way to really win over an audience <laughs> if you're telling them to take their medicine or eat their vegetables to, to go <laughs> to the movie opening weekend do you see that same phenomenon happening with the horror genre Um I I think somewhat I think I do see some stuff get considered like, Oh that's not that's not horror. That's it's like an argument about what's horror, what's not psychological thriller or something. Stop. Uh, I don't care. Um (laughs) <laughs> for me psychological thriller is something like nicholas sparks safe haven which is coming up to our next episode of sober cinema and i do make that case on that for that me it's that. it's that wonder movie with that kid with the oh goodness uh there's a uh a... that's a psychological thriller to me like oh my there's god a, I'm like a trailer i got for annihilation uh starring is it tony collette i can't remember who it is it's it's starring but it's one of those, I think it's one of those Bloomhouse horror movies that's coming up in the next couple months, and it's about. Uh, I think it's called uh, Heritage. I don't know what it's called, but it's about a kid and a mother and a grandmother. Ooh, and I something... know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> and it came up, and I leaned over to the nasty Hellcat, and I said, "Is this Wonder Two? Like Jesus, look at that fucking kid! Like, it's like, is this supposed to be? Like, am I supposed to be scared of this kid, or am I just looking at an ugly actor? I don't. I don't know. Is this
0: uh no, it's not Into the Beautiful. It's not birthmarked.
1: Sea Fever? <laughs> we're, we're weighing the weeds on, this, on the titles on this stuff.
0: Yes, the crew of a West Ireland trawler marooned at sea struggle for their lives against oh, the cor-
1: parasite. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I don't think any of that stuff would be... I don't know if there's something called true horror, but uh, I do think that there is a divide in the horror community. But I think it's a little bit more... Hereditary. Agrar. There it is. Um where you know you have your gore stuff where it's like if you want to see like the really nasty horror that would never make it to the mainstream didn't you guys uh, talk about that on sober cinema this week a little bit um and and the stuff that uh, like i, I think of like it follows for instance which i would consider a horror movie but maybe some in the horror community consider that soft i, I would i would think it's like you know if you're into punk rock there's also blink 182 which if you're really into punk rock you're not gonna be you're not gonna welcome blink 182 onto your playlist but for some it's like you know it's uh punk rock training wheels so there's so what know, there's movie what what's what movie equates the green day to green day yeah, uh I mean, I mean, that's punk, our crossover yeah, yeah punk feel. rock sort of. um halloween h2o to me that's great
0: oh god that's bad. <laughs> that's, uh, I like Green Day. Green Day's all right. It's not Nickelback, but it's all right.
1: Um, but uh, you don't see this with sci-fi, like you know, something like Interstellar, true sci-fi or not. It's it's putting out different ideas and different concepts. Uh, or do people consider that some sort of family drama? You know, I I, I don't know. It's um, a
0: spaceship. It has to be sci-fi.
1: That's that's what I would say. But um, I with something like Annihilation. Uh, you know, as I said, maybe they should have leaned into the horror aspects more. Maybe, maybe with something like this, uh, that's going to be a little more thoughtful. Maybe you need to, uh, if you're not going to go for quadrants, as far as mainstream interest, maybe you need to hit up the, uh, the genre communities and say, Hey, we've got a little bit of something for you too in this segment. And yeah, yeah. or, or maybe just
0: trim the synchronized swimming in the back end of the film, you know, just get rid of some of that stuff. And, uh. I think that, that that is one of the one of the bigger problems with with annihilation is that it that maybe is touching trying to touch too many quadrants like it, it does a lot of things but doesn't do any of them really well I, I think um so you know you've got a little a, a a smidge of action like we talked about um a smidge of sort of mystery because you're trying to figure out what the hell's the point and then you've got this sort of deep sort of conversation about uh about who we are and what's good or bad, and then you've got, uh, what's love and Jesus and all this other stuff, but none of it really lands. Not like, uh, Love and Friendship did. Oh, I looked it up. It was Love, love and Friendship. <laughs> I was right. And that was a good movie. Which would you rather watch again? Love and Friendship or Annihilation?
1: Um, probably Annihilation. Probably. I don't know. Uh, The only thing I would say works in Love and Friendship's favor is that it's further away. So it would be like watching – and since I fell asleep during it, I guess I would be watching it for the first time in total. Uh, But I would say normally Annihilation – it's got Tessa Thompson in it, so I like the actress better. Tessa Thompson is like completely wasted in that movie. She barely I honestly think all the women are. For this to be uh, positioned as – uh, you know, in this current climate, uh, an action sci fi horror movie with women as your central characters, uh, I really hated the way all of them were written, where they're, they're like, there's a sequence where one of them says, here's every issue I had, and this is the reason I'm on this suicide mission. I, I honestly thought, I was like, well, she not only gives her own
0: mission, but she gives everybody's issue.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like a 30, 40 second expository thing. I, that's felt all like you guys guess. Yeah. It was, uh, aping like the, the much beloved suicide squad from david ayer as far as like let's introduce all of our characters and hear their issues and why they're on this mission and i yeah that's why i was telling jason michael was like the writing in this goddamn thing i i do i don't understand how people are sort of giving that so much of a pass but all, all that was missing I was it. the
0: fun music behind that little uh sequence you know uh, like the suicide squad gave us at least they gave us fun songs to listen to while they're giving that dumbass expo- 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 exposition <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, I could I could have seen that doing something. It would have got my attention to the Nasty Hellcats uh, while they're rowing in the swamp if they'd, <laughs> they'd had some fun music and uh, cut to the Joker for no discernible reason. That would have been yeah.
0: fun. I would have liked to have watched this movie with the Nasty Hellcat and just watched his just anger just bubble over.
1: He was very subdu- subdued and respectful during it. He, he you know what he did what the the people on film twitter are saying should do. He gave it a chance. He gave it his attention and he still didn't dig it. So that's all you can ask for. That's
0: all you can ask for.
1: Don't break the man or braid us anymore. But if you do uh subscribe to this podcast, <laughs> if you're joining in just for annihilation talk and you are hate listening to this point, uh come back next time. We'll we'll well, we probably won't have true sci-fi because it's dead. It was killed by the mainstream audience. By Annihilation and Twitter.
0: I said to her, let's just go inside. Your mom was messed up. It's like we've got the house to ourselves. But still, she stood there waiting like she knew what was right. And she danced all night long in the rain. On her and we sang every song.
1: And for as much as we make fun of it, you can follow us on social media on Twitter at Marcus Played Pod and on Instagram at Marcus Played. At least one of us will interact with you, probably Hyro. If you'd like to follow him personally, you can follow his show at True Romance Cast. That's true without the E because for as many languages as he speaks, he can't spell. And you can follow me at Sober Cinema along with the much mentioned on this podcast my co-host jared Dotson, the nasty hellcat hopefully though you keep listening for the next episode is on black panther hyro hosts that one and joining him is dave from the grand gesture podcast i i don't think we saved it here that's all right it's not our job though well, i'm still trying to say jazz Look, so, come on, man. We're coming up on the Oscar season now. Do we have to? Well, let's not dredge that back up. We've got,
0: I want to rub it in their face one more time.
1: <laughs> we're onto the. We turned the page to hating Sam Rockwell. <laughs> that's the. That's why why do we hate now. Sam Rockwell? What did what, he do? Because he played a racist cop, and so he's oh, terrible. For fuck's
0: sake! But he's a good dancer, man. He's a better dancer than Ryan Gosling. He's probably a
1: better man too. I like Sam Rockwell. I'm in his corner. I'm pro Sam Rockwell. I'm I actually will appear on film Twitter again as soon as he wins an Oscar and post as many uh, Tom Cruise laughing gifs as possible. Uh, I just I can cannot wait. Cannot wait for him to win. Why? I'm completely this is you're losing me here on Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Like, why do you
0: want why the Tom Cruise laughing gifs for Sam Rockwell?
1: His, uh, his role in particular during this Oscar season as what got most – I would say most of what I consider film Twitter, which is generally very, very, very progressive-leaning, uh, have got their panties in a twist uh, about the fact that the Academy will be honoring a man who played a racist cop in a film, playing a part, an actor. Uh, they, they are horrified by this and three billboards in general. Quote to quote the Grendel, it's acting, man. Somebody's gotta be the racist cop. Might as well be Sam Rockwell.
0: How are you gonna tell the story? Would a Michael Fassbender get, uh, fucking, you know, heckled and tomatoes thrown at him because he was rip- whipping slaves in, in, uh, 12 years of slave?
1: You know? Hanging
0: that on, on? I actually on, think
1: on, he probably could just got heckled more for something like Assassin's Creed. They as he should. They chose their battle a little wiser there. I would have liked a crossover of Assassin's Creed and like uh Frank, you know, put the paper mache head and then kick ass. That would have been better. Yeah, now you're 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 probably gonna get like annihilation style numbers, at least with that. With that crossover. Imagine the downloads we're gonna get. It's gonna be glorious. Absolutely. Uh thank you for listening, whoever you are. <laughs> Is that it? We're wrapping it up?
0: (laughs) Yeah.